to create a great place to work for all, you know, is about bridging the gap, kind of building a bridge that pulls the two pieces of land closer together um, uh, through technology, you know, which is what we're doing right now. You're listening to Bridge the Gap Season 5, a podcast dedicated to informing, educating, and influencing the future of housing and services for seniors. Powered by sponsors AccuShield, Connected Living, Hamilton Captel, Inquire, One Day, LTC REIT, It's Never Too Late, Meridian Capital Group, Salinity, The Bridge Group Construction, and produced by Salinity Marketing. Welcome to Bridge the Gap Podcast, the senior living podcast with Josh and Lucas. We are at Senior Living 100 in California. We have a great guest, Michael Bush. He's with Great Place to Work. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here. We are so excited to sit down with you. This has been a, a long anticipated uh, conversation. You are the main keynote speaker here at this event. And, uh, you know, there's workforce retention uh, problems all over the place. <laughs> and you run an organization that is uh, tailor-made to uh, discuss these types of issues. And we'd love to get some of your background. What got you into uh, th- this lane, so to speak, and what makes you so passionate about making great place to work? Yeah, uh, I think what got me into this lane was uh, nature. Um, you know, just uh, I've always uh, cared about people. That's kind of number one. And then that nature was nurtured, uh, not by my father, but, uh, but by my mother, because my father would always say, you know, you care too much about people. You better care about yourself. And, uh, you know, my mother would go, no, that's okay. You should, you know, care about people. And so she nurtured that. And, um, and then I loved business, um, from a very young child. I would, I was an oddity in my neighborhood that I would read the business section before the sporting hearing. And, uh, um, so putting those two things together, a love of business and people started doing various business things and, I always knew people were the secret weapon. I didn't have to read anything. I knew it. Uh, so the way I treated people was natural, actually. And then, um, you know, businesses succeeded. And I didn't really connect the two. You know, was lucky, had a lot of, a lot of success. And then um, started doing a lot of small company turnarounds, companies that were in trouble. And the way I did those was the people. So uh, usually if you take a company that's in trouble, you take out the leader, the people blossom. They blossom. And so people would ask me, what was my secret weapon? And they couldn't believe that. So I'd tell them, oh, financial analysis. We found the thing that's really driving free cash flow. (laughs) It was the people. It was totally the people, totally liberating the people, getting behind the people, fueling the people, inspiring them. They would take the thing and um, uh, over and over and over again. I was hired to sell Great Place to Work uh, by the founder, uh, Robert Levering. And so packaged the company to sell it got it ready to sell. He ended up not liking the people on the other side of the table. And after, in a moment of frustration, he said, you should buy it. And I thought about it. And two weeks later, my partner and I bought it uh, in 2015. So that that's how I, I got into it. Um, great luck, fortune. Uh, and then I learned through the analytics why I had been successful in terms of the experience that I created for people. It's just unbelievable luck is is the way the way that I would uh, describe it. And now having the analytics to help other leaders who are kind of curious about whether it really pays to take care of your people, I can help tip them in a direction um, that's going to just help their business grow like crazy. Well, Michael, you gave a great talk to the Senior 100 crowd that's here today. 
Lucas, as you know, uh, one of the main driving forces behind why we even started Bridge the Gap was to bridge the gap of the thought leadership that we are all privileged to be able to hear at these great events, but to be able to share that with people that can't make it so that that kind of evens the playing field of the information. So I love the fact that you actually really broke down what you guys do, because I think so many of us in the industry, we recognize that little badge that we see on uh, places and we're like, how did they, how did they get that? What yeah. do they do? So um, you talk a little bit in the beginning of your presentation about the mission of your organization. Can you break that down for our listeners that may not be aware? Yeah, thanks for bridging the gap, by the way. I love that. Um, you know, just trying to make things more equitable. Um, not everybody can be here, uh, but they care about what they're doing. So they need to get the best. So I'm about to give the best I have um, uh, <laughs> uh, to, to those people. And, um, you know, it's kind of to create a great place to work for all, you know, is about bridging the gap. You know, it's about kind of building a bridge that pulls the two pieces of land closer together um, uh, through technology, you know, which is what we're doing right now. And so what we've done through our research, you know, we survey over 10 million employees a year, over 10,000 companies a year in over 100 countries in every industry on earth. So we know a lot about working people. And, and it doesn't matter if you're in Bogota, Colombia or in Toronto, Canada, you actually want to be respected by the person you work for. You actually want to be communicated with in an honest way. You actually want to be treated fairly. So we have questions that measure those things. You want to enjoy the people that you work with. We have questions that measure that. You want to have pride, which is beyond the swag. Pride is really caring. Do do I care for the people I work with, and do I feel they care for me? And is there a sense of team and camaraderie, um, which introverts and extroverts love? Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so very important. So we measure those things. And that defines trust, which is the ultimate measure and the secret weapon in any organization. And, of course, um, we measure psychological and emotional and physical safety because there's no trust if you're feeling unsafe, um, whether it be through um, physically unsafe or if you just feel like if I ask a certain question, I'm going to be judged and in my career progression because I asked that particular question. That's, That's not a great place to work. So um, we asked uh, 60 questions and then based on what the employees say, and if you're less than 5,000 employees, you have to survey every employee. You don't get to pick and choose. You survey every employee and then um, we, we take that data and if it's above a certain score, you can be a certified great place to work and, uh, and proudly use that badge, which is good for two things. Number one, employees take great pride uh, that, that they work for a place. It's a great place to work. And uh, new employees like to see that um, they're, you know, potentially going to work for a place that actually cares about the people. Well, so that's also, if I heard you correctly, that's not something when we see this badge that, that someone could just pay to get that badge. That's something that's really earned right through that process that you just mentioned. Yeah. In addition, um, you did something that I thought was really awesome because a lot of time during mission statements, I find that we kind of um, read the mission statement and we're like, oh, that sounds nice, but we don't really understand what it means. Uh, I thought you did a wonderful job in explaining even the word great. Yeah. What does that mean and what value does that represent to your organization? Yeah, uh, it's all about being great, you know, and and we like to say become great. And what we're saying is, you know, like a great place to work. uh, We're a certified great place to work, but we don't believe we're great. Um, great is something you're always, uh, uh, I, I believe in Kobe Bryant's 
definition of great. You never get it. You never achieve it. Um, you're, you're always, which is humility. And so you're always trying to get better. And, and so we believe that great is trust, uh, respect, uh, credibility, and fairness. We believe that great is diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And when we say equity, we mean equity of representation, equity of opportunity promotions, equity in terms of pay, uh, two people doing the same job, getting paid the same, and equity of well-being, uh, that we care about everybody's physical health, um, mental health, and their financial health, and 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 how they're doing. So, um, and great means empathy, which for us, empathy is an action word. Learning about another person and some things that have gone on in their life, and these are new things, and so you kind of feel, you know, oh wow, I, you know, that was actually a tough road, maybe a little tougher and different than mine. Um, if you stop there, that's not useful. But if you're like, I want to do something to help this person, that's what we're talking about. So we turn empathy into, a, into an action word. And great means being purpose-driven, um, that your organization is doing so much more than it seems in terms of the way that it can transform people's lives, uh, make a more uh, balanced, healthy uh, society, and particularly in senior living. We define great uh, in, in all those ways so that people can – uh, you know, it's just like when you say to somebody, hey, you're great. That was great. That's not very helpful <laughs> unless you what do you mean by that? Well, we try and break it down so we can describe uh, what we're all uh, aspiring to and how we can measure it and uh, to know whether we're making progress based on the ways we're behaving or not. Yeah. So uh, senior living industry is probably sharing a lot of the challenges that a lot of different verticals are are uh, experiencing different challenges. It was impressive uh, to hear the number of surveys, uh, the countries, did you say over 140 yeah. countries, yeah. Uh, the, the millions of people that you guys survey, uh, it is a, a data rich um, field that you're in and you're, you've mined that out. What can you tell our listeners that are at various uh, capacities within our industry on what you've learned um, maybe should be our focus, maybe on some organizations that are, their ears are perked and they're wanting to do better. They're wanting to change culture in your organization. What are some just key takeaways, high level that you can give to our listeners that are things that you have learned in your journey and getting this data back from people? You know, the, um, uh, I, I think the, the thing that I try and do when, when communicating like I am today is really communicating to supervisors, managers, and leaders, because they define the experience for the working person. They can create a great experience for a person in the toughest circumstances, and they can destroy a person. Mm -hmm. um, they have a tremendous amount of power. And so everything I'm focusing on when I'm communicating like I am right now is for those people. And, and what I'm hoping is to unlock something in them to change and to let them know I'm no better. I am trying to change. So we're in the same process of, of trying to change and trying to transform. And therefore, if somebody listens to this podcast and they do the exact same thing tomorrow, totally failed. I totally failed. I just didn't, wasn't able to move the needle. And um, so I want to try harder because this is about somebody getting some information like what we're talking about today and changing um, because people change only when the leaders change. So this takes humility and, and curiosity 
and being vulnerable and taking risks and saying things that, that you know, you're afraid to say, um, uh, all trying to make sure that people know you're real, you're committed, and you care, and you're no better than them. You're trying to, you're asking them to change, but you're you're working and, and trying to change too. So, um, you know, we, we talked today about, um, I know something you, you believe in this practice as well, about leaders doing handwritten notes mm -hmm. to thank people, being, you know, kind of, um, I can't think of a better way to, to, to respond to the great resignation than, because a lot of people left, the people who stayed are freaking remarkable. I mean, they are still here. That's right. And they endured the same pain, suffering, inequities, inconveniences, fear, disrespect that the people who left did. But they stayed. So you, you pretty much have the gold now. That, that's who you have. If you got the gold, you got to let the gold know it. You got to let them know it. And it's amazing how many people don't do it to me, talking today about handwriting notes to people. And they don't have to be long. Um, they can be three sentences, but it's a thank you and it's a something specific you did. You got getting to work on time, keeping the rooms clean. I know you had to stay late. I know we scheduled you, you know, 22 out of 22 days and we said we wouldn't, but you did it. And I just want to thank you and I'm going to do everything I can to break this cycle. Um, but I'm going to need a few months to do it because of the situation we have today. That's credibility. Uh, that's transparency. That's treating a person like a human being because um, you're communicating with an honest way, uh, which is what people deserve. So, so, so that's it. It's like everybody, not only leaders listening, what are you gonna change to be a better teammate? And the meter you're thinking about is this communication I'm having or not having is an increasing respect um, is it making me seem more credible or less credible? Does it seem fair and equitable? Well, if you're communicating with some people and not others, that doesn't seem too fair and equitable. So um, as leaders, we are always getting judged um, by, by our employees. And so I would hope everybody would certainly, you know, use the month of March, you know, to be the, the, the big thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So talking about a handwritten note, I mean, is it the... Uh, is it the actual just that that's not as convenient and it, it's an extra level of intentionality that goes into that because it's so much easier to shoot a text or a, an email? What have you found that makes that the magic? Because I'm sure everybody's thinking, oh, my gosh, I got to get some stationery. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh, yeah. I got to do all this. Like, why, why a handwritten note? Right, right. And, and that's all true. And let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you go to my home right now, I've got a little box with these white cards and you know they say michael c bush uh, you know at the top and i got my envelopes i got my stamps um you ready i'm you ready, ready man <laughs> and i got my return address which is my office because i don't want to send my home address all around the world but i do that and it's all like that because if it's not like that it won't happen that's why i'm describing it this way i need the stamps or i won't write the notes i don't you know i write the the notes and i don't send them because i don't have the stamps so i've learned you know, to put the, those things together. And I will admit, every time I reach, because it's time, because um, um, my great chief of staff, Melanie, will, will send me every month, these are the anniversaries, you know, and these are some highlight things some people did. I get that, and I don't want to do it, because I want to do other things. But this is like calling me. So I kind of, okay, it gets usually late at night, 
I grab the stack and I put on some music that I like, you, you know, and I use that and then there's my time. Now, it doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm telling you, it's a lot of work to get to that point and then to do it. Now, when you do it, what people, the response, I still don't understand it. Um, you, you know, we heard a, a gentleman today who talked about doing this and an employee dying and the employee's family bringing him the car that he sent to the person, oh, man. which he said that I felt it in my heart because I know that. I know that people are so disrespected every day. A random act of kindness of you giving your most precious gift, which is time. It moves people because of the experience they've had. It shouldn't be like this. It should be like a written note. Big deal. What's that? People don't get them. Think about the last time you got one. It's been a while. Been a while. It's yeah. been a, and now it's less and less. It's hard to find stationery. Everybody listening, wait till you try that. Yeah. You have to go online to get it because the stationery store is out of business. Right. You know the local one. So, you you know it, it's a lot. But but and then I I tried to push it today. You know in the session to to because I was looking at the room, and you know how you're looking at a room, you're like, they aren't liking this. Okay, so <laughs> uncomfortable. I, yeah, I was like, okay, this is happening. You know, and I'm like, I'm going for it. You know, I'm like, hey, if you aren't gonna do this, you need to check yourself. Um, you know, how could you not give this to people who are giving so much to your business? Now, I, I know people don't like hearing that, but this is how I feel about it. And what I know, they're going to get rewarded. Now, some are going to keep doing it the same old way. I do know that. Everybody's not on board with, with, with um, equality, equity, fairness, and care as being the secret weapons. It's, it's not for every leader. Um, but, and I can't change those leaders. Um, but I think for, for everybody listening today, who's at least listening at this moment, um, you're connected, you're in, you know, the transformation's begun. That's why you're listening. Well, um, as we start to wrap our show, uh, we could sit here and talk to you all day. So thank you, by the way, for taking a few minutes for us. Um, you talked a little bit about just humanity in general, um, and that's uh, understanding what what basic humans are seeking, what's important to them is really important to being able to change the culture in your organization. I think so often uh, we get so busy as business leaders with the, the actual business aspect and we start thinking, well, how can I rechange my benefit, health benefit package? Like, what can I do? And we just start tweaking with uh, spreadsheets and stuff. Help us understand a little bit, uh, again, what you're learning and dealing with all these organizations and culture change and, and being, becoming great every day. What, what is humanity seeking? What are they looking for when they start looking for a great place to work? Yeah, you know, I, I, some leaders, are their life's pretty good. So the big battle for them is why should they change? Their life's pretty good. Um, they got a lot of choices in their life. And they listen to me, and I'm saying, hey, you, should need, you need to change. Because looking forward, the world's getting more complicated. You're going to need the best people on earth. And, um, but they're like, yeah, but I only got to work five more years. So, uh, so there's that reality of people, you know, life at the top ain't horrible. People say it's lonely, but people set it up that way. So there's that. Um, not much I can do for that. Um, but there are people just like today, as I'm looking at in the crowd, people listening who actually, um, 
they know inside there's a different way of doing this. They know inside things aren't fair and equitable. The breakthrough opportunity for me is that in, in senior living, you've got great diversity on the front line, incredible diversity. As you go up, it falls out. Um, and, and so it's weird looking to me how it looks. It looks weird. And you've got these frontline people who are super committed and have been there 15, 20 years while managers and supervisors come and go. It just seems like the potential is right under their nose in terms of who they should be leaning into to develop and grow and promote. And those people, when they get in those roles, are going to run the place differently. They get the cost. They get the economics. You know, here I am talking about care, respect. I got an EV to target every quarter. I got a free cash flow target every quarter. I got debt to satisfy every quarter. I got all the things everybody has. I'm a real business too um, and a serious business person. So what I know is that um, you got to do all the hard work around the analytics, managing costs, scheduling, holding down overtime, um, uh, watching how long it takes for you to, to attract um, uh, new talent, uh, benefits, and making sure they're fair and equitable and the business can't afford them and the people are going to use them. All the business analytics. But there are some moments when Excel is useless. There's nothing on Excel about writing a note. Uh, there's nothing on Excel about a thank you and acknowledging somebody for some work that they did. Um, and the, the biggest decisions around people, Excel's not going to help you because you're just doing the right thing to do. This is where you're doing what you would hope for if you were that person um, uh, and, and what you would hope somebody would do for you. There are some people who think somehow um, that if you lean to people too far or really uh, lean into their experience, you're not going to do as well financially. I got tons of data and a book called Great Place to Work for All with a chapter on the financial performance of companies who do what I'm talking about in every industry. I know who's performing well in the room we were just in, and they happen to be people we know something about. There are people in that room who in, in the industry had a 65% average attrition, which meant some companies are at 85%, mm. but some are at 45% already, and it's around the things that they're doing for their people. So um, uh, just trying to encourage people to, even if it's just about the money for you, really, here's the way to make it. Wow. So, and you're right. We actually, when you um, had the attendees raise their hands, like, who's got the badge? Yeah. Uh, that was a pretty good group yeah, in there. Uh, there's still some that don't have the badge, right? And and then uh, also, you have a top 100. And, and I saw at least one hand that in that nice. room. Yeah. So, that was very encouraging. So, um, you know, I, I think in summary, uh, and one of the kind of, I think, Towards the closing, we talk about, and we're hearing this term, right? maybe it's getting overused, but the great resignation. And and much of what you've talked about is the answer is the great thank you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, what a fascinating conversation. Lucas, uh, our listeners are just getting teased a little bit. Uh, they're going to want to connect with Michael uh, and get as, as personal with him as they can with the organization. Thanks for taking time with us this sure. morning. Happy to do it. 
Michael Bush, great place to work. We'll connect with you in the show notes. Go to btgvoice.com and access all of our content and connect with us on social. Thanks for listening to another great episode of Bridge the Gap. Thanks for listening to Bridge the Gap podcast with Josh and Lucas. Connect with the BTG Network team and use your voice to influence the industry by connecting with us at btgvoice.com.